Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find you got books collectibles uh pop-up greeting cards they have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35 percent off site-wide by using the code dc news 35 that's dc n-e-w-s 35 dc news 35 use that code and receive 35 percent off site-wide at insighteditions.com well hey there all you dc comics news fans fans of comics podcasts lists top fives Maybe just the sound of a familiar voice while you're going through your day, heading off to work, getting other things done. However it might be, you've arrived at the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. I'm your host, Seth Singleton. The dog snoring in the background is my little buddy, Bruno. My other one, Fiji, is much more quiet, but also here. And this is episode number 110 of a weekly podcast where I pick my top five books from DC Comics each and every week. These ones coming to you from the week of June 15th, and I think quite an impressive selection, even when there's only like six or seven books that week. Sometimes the choice can be as hard as if there were like 12, which there were plenty the week before. (laughs) Kicking things off from my first choice this time around is Static Season 1, Episode number one issue number one and whenever there's a season one I'm, I'm torn between issue one or episode one maybe i know the difference maybe i don't what i do know is this is a gorgeous book i loved adding it to my list there's an amazing collection of covers to choose from i hope you consider the one that fits best for you if it does i think you're really going to enjoy having potentially more than one. But then again, that's just me. What I do know, I absolutely enjoyed everything about this issue. I I miss the Milestone comics. There was something wonderfully raw and original when they first came out in the 90s. And I know there are plenty of reasons for comic fans to talk about things that were wrong with the 90s. And as an industry, to look on it as sort of like, well, this... This place, which really doesn't have a definition, but certainly has a feeling. How about we go with that? Episode 1, Trial by Fire, is written by Vida Ayala, with layouts by Criss Cross, finishes in color by Nicholas Draper Ivy, and letters by Animal Design. The original cover by Carrie Randolph and Emilio Lopez, with an old-school variant cover by Sean Martin Bra and Chris Sotomayor, and a new school variant cover by Nicholas Draper Ivy. There is also a 125 variant cover by Dennis Cowan and Brad Anderson, and a team variant cover by Olivier Koipel and Brad Anderson. So, here's where it gets fun. Milestone returns 
with static in a very challenging position. I mean, what you have to keep in mind is that young Virgil is a, uh, a good kid, a sweet kid, someone who saw everything about what he had understand up to that point changed drastically when he decided to join a march. And when conflict arose at that march, this is all from the milestone returns number zero, in which a lot of this was introduced. The, the challenge for him was to then face uh, a bully while also uh, transforming due to the powers that he experienced. And this event known as the Big Bang that has affected Dakota City is also affecting Virgil's family. The Hawkins family is shown on two really nice full spread double page setups, each beginning with a uh, table setting in a dining room on the left, followed by a series of panels on the right, breaking down more intimate conversations and aspects of that, that dining experience. Virgil is a young man in high school navigating all of the threats and challenges that that includes, but he's also someone trying to help his family who is also trying to help him. It's really interesting the way each member of the family approaches this. His father wants to make sure that they uh, renew martial arts training that he must have done previously. He believes that it's going to help Virgil learn how to control his new powers. His mom is worried about his safety. His sister just wants Virgil to have the chance to still make all of the decisions for himself that any teenager would, could, and should. And then there's what Virgil wants which is similar to what his family is asking, but also very different because right now he still wants to gain understanding. However, there's a challenge when you get powers. And unfortunately, there is a nemesis who is now going to be a part of Virgil's life. And while he was known as Francis before, he now prefers to be called Hot Streak. And he's come to the Hawkins home to pick a fight. The fight ends up really turning into an unbelievable conflict. There's just some absolutely gorgeous art here, beautiful colors, great layouts, great setup, great conflict, and an unexpected development, one that is powerful and haunting and also a reflection of just how many challenges exist when it comes to being a teenager, when it comes to having powers, when it comes to those things <laughs> all sort of intermeshing together, and what it's like afterwards when you're just trying to figure out who it is you want to be, what it is you're trying to do. Um, there's also a lovely glimpse at the return of other milestone icons like Icon and Rocket, as well as Hardware which was one of my absolute favorites, and I look forward to seeing its appearance as well as with Icon and Rocket here on the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. As mentioned, that was my first choice, an absolutely gorgeous five out of five pick, one that I'd love to hear your thoughts about. But in the meantime, while I'm waiting to hear about those, I'm going to keep things moving along. Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number one. Man, some gorgeous stuff here. Um, clearly... Tom King is 
providing that exemplary demonstration of what it looks like when someone's really been investing in these characters not only from a temporary moment like this eight issue mini sort of maxi medium series is but also with the character well aware of so many layers of history so many different versions and so many challenges but future state showed us some really cool things that could be happening for supergirl in the future and this points to a a, a time and a place different than she's most recently been portrayed the future you'll have to decide that for yourself another universe and omniverse aspect another reality quite possibly fear not i'm sure it will be revealed soon tom king is teamed with bilquis evely on the art mateus lopez or lopes on the colors i don't know which is the correct way to say that i probably said it wrong both ways let me know the right way when you get a chance. Clayton Cowell is providing the letters. Evelyn and Lopes providing the cover with a variant cover by Gary Frank and Alex Sinclair. They're both quite lovely. The original is awesome with Supergirl holding a sword. But then the variant is also quite cool with the other character who is introduced bearing that same sword. And then, of course, the lovely... <laughs> Supergirl and Crypto. I was almost going to start out with Crypto first because I'm kind of a dog person as the snoring dogs in the background can let you know. There's something about a blood debt. There's something about revenge. There's something about the feel of a Western in space and something about how all those elements combine with a Supergirl who just wanted to find a planet with a red sun so she could get drunk because it was her birthday and she just wanted to not be anything more than a girl getting drunk on her birthday. But what she wants, what comes next, and <laughs> not only some really great humor, but also some really fun examples of just how super Supergirl is, even without her powers, makes for a really great story. And through that story, we also see some amazing degrees of heartache and struggle some pain, suffering, and like I said, dark person. So when crypto gets caught up in the mix, I'm challenged, to say the least, to not have a personal vendetta. However, there is also something about hunting an outlaw or a bandit or someone who's done someone wrong. And how you know if it's an eight-issue series with Tom King, it's not going to get wrapped up in the first issue. There's going to be a lot of layers. There's going to be an extended chase. Things are going to continue on. And I think, for me, this ends up being a really great story. The colors are absolutely gorgeous. This alien world with the red sun, this planet where Supergirl... <laughs> can rely on her fighting techniques as well as her apparent comfort with a sword while originally saying, I'm not going to get involved, only to then get involved. And because of that, to show us why it is that heroes like her are so heroic. I mean, I'm pretty sure the rest of us would be a little too busy, a little too involved, a little too, hey, I don't really have the time for that. And with Supergirl, there's a responsibility she simply can't say no to. And uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how else this story continues. I love the fact that this is a Supergirl story taking us in a new direction. I am looking forward to seeing 
where that direction is and goes. I look forward to seeing if it appears here again on the spinner rack. More importantly, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. While you're taking the time to send those my way, we're going to take a quick break now that my second 5 out of 5 pick is done. And these ads will just sort of keep you up on all the great things we've got going. You'll want to hear it all and then join me for my third, fourth, and fifth choices. Thanks for hanging out. We'll be right back. Hey there, DC fans. This is Josh Rayner, Editor-in-Chief of DC Comics News, here to give you a special deal from Insight Editions. Insight Editions is an amazing company who uh, sells books and collectibles uh, from all sorts of pop culture, whether it be DC Comics, Marvel Comics, uh, movies like Die Hard, Harry Potter, Alien, everything out there in the world you can you can find. You got books, collectibles, uh, pop-up greeting cards. They have all kinds of amazing items and right now you can get 35% off site-wide by using the code DCNEWS35 that's D-C-N-E-W-S-3-5 DCNEWS35 use that code and receive 35% off site-wide at InsightEditions.com Hi everyone I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First... There was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones, I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? 
What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogur. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nards. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. Fuckers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad no, I didn't want to. God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un- unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. <laughs> Available exclusively on YouTube. And there it is with that fade out, the ending of that cool, smooth, jazzy tone, which lets you know we're back for my third, fourth, and fifth choices right here on the spinner rack. Coming in at number three with my little buddy Bruno snoring off in the uh, corner of the couch there is Nightwing, number 81. Nightwing has really been on a tear since Tom Taylor took over, and the collaboration with an amazing art team is absolutely stunning in every issue since they have been paired. In this one, Taylor joined by artist Bruno Redondo, 
with colors by Adriano Lucas, Wes Abbott on the letters with an original cover by Bruno Redondo, variant cover by Raphael Grissetti, a DC Pride variant cover by Travis Moore, and Alejandro Sanchez. All, all of them are quite stunning. I mean, <laughs> if you get all three, I promise I won't blame you. And after all, this is Nightwing Leaping Into the Light Part 4, where we uh, get the chance to discover just who this Heartless is that's been running around terrorizing the street kids. But not before we have an introduction to what's going on in other parts of Bloodhaven, Bloodhaven, such as Melinda Zuko becoming the mayor, collaborating with such dangerous fellows as Blockbuster and many others, and how she was raised by the Moroni crime family, how it is that she is potentially very dangerous to Dick Grayson, but at the moment, Dick is facing other problems, which is trying to keep all of these kids safe from Heartless. Heartless, who, while armed and has been doing a destructive bit of damage to people's hearts throughout the city, appears to be just a weapons-based character, is much more than that. And Dick admits he's underestimated his opponent, faces quite a challenge until he recognizes what all the strengths and weaknesses are. And then, like the true jazz-like fighting artist that he is, Nightwing finds a way to counter not only the strength, but the ability, the person, Heartless, he is fighting. And then he is able to turn when needed to save those same kids he was trying to rescue from one danger, now facing another one, also at the manipulations of Heartless. Dick is able to call upon Bloodhaven to help out, to lend a hand, to look out for those who most need assistance and for those he's promised to try and help when they fall through the cracks. The call is answered in a really amazing way and through it we also discover that Nightwing is still recovering from his recent gunshot wound to the head, brain injury, and fighting Heartless. And through that discovery we find out that his little three-legged buddy, that puppy he picked up just a few issues back, is now called Bitewing. Yeah, that's Tim Drake for you. Great name. Dick says there's also the name of Haley, to which both Tim and Barbara complain that it's possible to have one, two, or in the cases of Batgirl, three names. And then a decision is made for Dick to rest because he has a, a concussion and he needs to allow his body to heal. He instead makes another choice. And because of that, we learn a very surprising discovery at the end of Nightwing number 81, one that is sure to take this story arc leaping into the light into <laughs> some very interesting territory. I can only imagine what you'll have to say or what you do have to say once you read or if you have already read that very intriguing twist. Love to hear your thoughts all about it, but now it's time for my fourth pick. Now about that fourth book. For this one, I went with Catwoman number 32. Uh, interesting story here called Everything You Know About Selena Kyle. 
Ram V has done an amazing job on the Catwoman title. Really just twisted up the whole concepts behind, uh, well, the heist, um, manipulation, sleight of hand, distractions. It's, it's quite brilliant, and it's well matched by Evan Cagle's art, which seems to capture scenery, people, and so much more so well. Jordi Belair's colors brings to life all of these beautiful moments of the past, the stark contrast to the present, and the interlay of stories. As everyone continues to ask, tell me everything you know about Selena Kyle. And in each case, there's a story followed by a warning. If you want to know everything about Selena Kyle, know this. Generally, the response is that you're going to lose, that you're not going to come out of this well. And that the story is there to prove to you how much of that, if you can grasp, you will be the better for. Tom Napolitano with the letters, Robson Rocha and Daniel Enriquez, with Alejandro Sanchez on the cover, with a Jenny Frisson variant cover. And in this story, as we get these glimpses of who Selena, Selena Kyle is, we get this reminder of just how much she's seen and done, what it means for her when she was working for Mama Fortuna in Alleytown and through the nest, how she established her reputation among them, how it is that no matter who's asking the questions, whether it's the uh, very creepy father, Reverend, whether it's members of the police, whether it is detectives claiming to be on her side, or whether it is something else entirely, getting to know everything there is to know about Selena Kyle is about understanding how there's a story and then there's a reason and a meaning behind a story. And once you get past that idea and once you're comfortable with it, well, then you're going to find that things are actually clear for you to see. And because of that, what you are able to take away from it is far more than you probably thought was possible. Now, the great thing about the idea of Know This is, whoa, little dude down there just snarbling, is the way that it also introduces how there are many things to be considered. Her sister says, stay away from her. One of the strays who works for her says, Know This, you're always going to be too late, too slow, and two steps short. Ouch. But there's also more know this to discover. And I think it's so well crafted and so well threaded throughout this story and the larger arc that's being told that man, it's a lot of fun to enjoy. I highly recommend it. I highly encourage it. And I would say between the amazing story, the gorgeous art, the stunning colors, beautiful letters, and the wonderful glimpses of this myriad, the spectrum that is Catwoman's personas, her history, her legacy, which is a word everyone loves and I say too often. It's a wonderful reminder of all the reasons why she simply is so great. Highly recommend adding this one to your list from all those books from June 15th, which means it's time for me to go ahead and bring up my fifth and final choice for that one. I'm going with The Flash, number 771. This one's quite gorgeous. Um, we've been following The Flash. In this case, we've been watching Wally West, who was due to retire at the beginning of this blink of an eye chapter or blink of an eye arc. And here we are in chapter four. 
and that simply hasn't happened. For those who've been reading along, Barry has been launched through time and space and inhabiting the bodies of different speedsters, most of them friends, some of them personas from the past or the future, others dangerous enemies. There's a reason behind why this is occurring, and it's discovered that it's not only occurring through traditional time, but crossing space and the omniverse. And because of that, many worlds are being affected by this challenge. What we do get, though, is a very interesting discovery, one that affects all those who are being impacted by the Speed Force developments and its transition, as well as a glimpse of the future, a way for <laughs> Wally to get a chance to sort of know how well things are working out for his children, for he and Linda, who makes a very comedic phone call that Mr. Terrific can barely handle, let alone manage. And also, because of it, we have the chance for Wally to discover just how hard things can potentially become. In fact, there's a, a lovely moment where Irie is uh, sort of letting her dad know just how things are. And, and because of that, he seems to be suggesting that he wants to understand more and she just wants him to understand that he's not going to know more than he can than he should that she and her brother have been told this story by him numerous times jumping through bodies and traveling through time and that because of where they are in time they also know that he is going to go through some really difficult challenges and if future state was any indication of that well it's going to be really hard for wally but it also suggests that there's a time that comes after it when all the things that are suggested in this great meeting between a father and his daughter, they're the reminder of why we keep doing things, which is also why on the final pages, especially the last panel on the second to last page and then on the final page, we're also taken to a very dark place in Wally's history and one that recently has seemed like something he might not be able to get out of until the Flash Forward series. And now with this Flash number 771, we have a chance to revisit and hopefully do some connection, do some healing. Um, it's, man, it's a really gorgeous, just a really beautiful way to look at, uh, at the Flash history and to capture it with the amazing work of Jeremy Adams providing the writing. And then get this, on art, Kevin McGuire, Howard Porter, Barat Pekmeski, Brian Hitch, Max Rayner, Scott Collins, Tom Derenick, Fernando Fosterman, <laughs> Eau Claire Albert, and Brandon Peterson providing the art, with Michael Atia providing the color, Steve Wands on the letters, Peterson and Atia providing the original cover with Brett Booth, Jonathan Glapion, and Alex Sinclair providing the variant cover. <sighs> I don't know about you, that was, that was like a laundry list. That was absolutely <laughs> an amazing amount. And it shows. I mean, the, the moment when the Flash arrives with the uh, Legion of Doom headquarters in the body of the reverse Flash and makes quite the impression and then eventually has to make quite the escape followed by messing with dangerous plans it, it's a lot of fun 
and the willingness to get all of these artists together to match them and the colors from that time to give that feel of both the nostalgia of the past as well as the really lovely touches from the lines to the colors um, to all of it for the present as well as the John's through time and the different periods that are captured, the characters that are shown. There's some really lovely stuff happening here. And it, it makes this Flash 771 feel like almost like one of those anthologies of which there was on the list for June 15th. It was just, man, these books, they, they got ahead and they stayed there. And that's how they were the top five. And because that was my fifth book, that brings us to the end of this DC Comics News Spinner Rack episode number 110. It's been my pleasure to be your host for this and all 110 episodes. Thanks for hanging out for as many as you've been a part of. Looking forward to having you back for more. If you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. Tell them how to hang out. Let them know about the platform you're listening on or the platform they love and how they can find DC Comics News Podcast Network and the Spinner Rack. And of course, just like you, if they subscribe, how they can enjoy all the original programming we have from I Am The Night to Mad Love to DC and After Dark, how they can enjoy all of the fun that we get to talk about on the weekly podcast, and how it is we have so much more in store for the future that we'd love to invite as many people to enjoy with us. And should you have a question, a comment, something else entirely, but you want to share it with us, Find your favorite social media platform. Use the at symbol in DC Comics News, capital DC, or capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. And when you do, you'll make sure we know all about what you're saying, what you're thinking, or what you'd like to know. And then, of course, as we always like to say at the end of this and every episode, always read more comics. Have a great night.